lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre here with me, as is Todd Erzin. And if you want to let us know what you think about what we think, we'd love to know. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And then there's the alternatives to those sites, Gab, MeWe, and Parler. Look for Steve Dace there, too. And if you're looking for clips of the show, uh, Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show, YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. That's also where you can get the full appearance I made earlier today on C-SPAN. We came, we saw, and there were no survivors. All right, we we launched a full-scale frontal assault of Karen Stan on C-SPAN this morning. It was a mass casualty event. Numerous uh, Subarus inside of cul-de-sacs with coexist bumper stickers incinerated to ash. And of course, we're going to let you see a couple of clips of that coming up a little bit later on in the show. But if you want the full thing, it's up on our YouTube page right now, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And we emphasize right now because it very well may not be up there later. (laughs) Oh, coming up on the program today, first of all, uh, just again, a continued thank you for your help making Fauci and Bargain the most powerful and dangerous bureaucrat in America. By some metrics, the best selling book in the country last week. Just incredible. And, and, And really, I don't care how many copies we've sold. It's just that we sold more than John Boehner did last week. And that's all that really counts. We outsold that swamp rat. All right, so thank you guys very much. The information, the data you need to get to your friends, your loved ones, and it's all footnoted. And and you guys are asking some great follow-up questions too. Uh, I've engaged with several of you with some follow-up questions. Tomorrow for fake news or not, we're going to give you some common objections you're going to get to the book. All right, we're going to answer some of those so you know how to come back too. Like a gentleman earlier today asked me a great question about Sweden. And said, well, you know, I've got some friends, family members that are like, well, shouldn't we only be comparing Sweden to its Scandinavian neighbors? And I said, that's actually a good criticism. The problem is it's not a fair one because a lot of the people that are using that then want to say, because New York City lit up into ash, we had to shut down Missoula, Montana. All right. So are we going to acknowledge there are regional, situational, longitudinal, seasonal aspects of this? If we are then I will agree then that Sweden should be more often compared to its Scandinavian neighbors than the rest of the European Union. I will agree to that. That's a fair fair point. But then you can't come back to me and say, um, 60 minutes, let's ignore what what Andrew Cuomo did and try to gaslight Ron DeSantis, who had the biggest COVID success, large state COVID success story in America. You cannot have it both ways. If we're going to admit that there are regional, seasonal, longitudinal aspects of COVID-19, then I will agree that Sweden should primarily be compared to its Scandinavian neighbors, that it shares those things in common with. 
But if we're going to act as if this is ham-fisted, paint-by-numbers, it's all-in-one, one-size-fits-all, which is what most of the data and models around the, country, around the world in this country have done, then no, you don't get to do that. You have to choose which one you want. Do you want ham-fisted? If you do, then Sweden's your control group. If you don't, if you want situational, seasonal, longitudinal, then fine, we'll put Sweden in its group, but then you have to agree to do that across the board. Those are some of the conversations I'm having that are great follow-up conversations with all of you as you get pushed back or come back to the book. This is where you're looking for who, you know, who do I get this in the hands of to get our way of life back? What you need to maybe both start and win the argument in this case. You're going to find in this book, Faucian Bargain. So thank you guys very much. An incredible success story with this book. Cannot thank you enough. I mean, speaking for Todd, I know um, both of us are humbled. Okay, maybe not that humbled, but we are very honored and very, very pleased. Uh, And so thank you very much. Let's keep that momentum going into week two of the book's release. All right, coming up at the bottom of the hour. I mentioned we're going to play for you a couple of clips that Aaron has selected that he particularly enjoyed from the appearance this morning on C-SPAN. Next hour, it's our weekly Ask Me Anything and our MeWe followers. You get to take center stage. But also next hour, our good friend Shannon Joy has uh, an an immediate problem she needs to alert our audience of. We're going to tell you what's going on with her coming up next hour as well. In the overtime today. Now, if we haven't gotten you to subscribe to Blaze TV for the overtime yet, this pitch is going to do it. Todd almost got arrested at a pizza joint Friday for not wearing a mask. And we have video. And we're going to share that video with our Blaze TV subscribers today. <laughs> at Blaze TV. Why do I get the sense this, this video is going to become common at many more establishments here in the next few weeks and months? But get the first time it happened. We'll always have our first time, Todd. This will be the first time we got it on tape. That's coming up later today for our Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. That's where you can go if you're a subscriber. We're going to record the overtime for you right after today's program, and then it will be uploaded so you can watch it on demand at your convenience. And that's also where you can go if you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber and you want to become one to get a discounted subscription at blazetv.com slash dace. It's not every day you get to see Todd almost get arrested, although pretty soon it will be pretty much every day. And with that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by an attempted hit job on Ron DeSantis. Apparently, when you don't send COVID-infected patients into nursing homes, reopen your economy before the rest of the country, prioritize the most vulnerable for vaccine distribution, and generally put up with none of the media's loaded questions, the media has to make stuff up in order to tear you down, which is exactly what's transpiring with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis right now. Over the weekend, CBS's 60 60- Minutes ran a story on DeSantis and his vaccination distribution plan, which paints DeSantis as prioritizing wealthy residents of Florida first and rewarding a large pack donor of his, the grocery store chain Publix, the vaccines for distribution. Here's one of the more egregious examples of drive-by journalism from that piece. We caught up with him south of Orlando. Publix, as you know, donated $100,000 to your campaign, and then you rewarded them with the exclusive rights to distribute the vaccination in So first of all, what you're saying is wrong. How how is that not pay to play? That's a fake narrative. I met with the county mayor. I met with the administrator. I met with all the folks at Palm Beach County, and I said, 
here's some of the options. We can do more drive-through sites. We can give more to hospitals. We can do the publics. And they said, we think that would be the easiest thing for our residents. But Melissa McKinley, the county commissioner in the Glades, told us the governor never met with her about the public's deal. The criticism is that it's pay to play, It's wrong. It's wrong. It's a fake narrative. I just disabused you of the narrative and you don't care about the facts because obviously I laid it out for you in a way that is irrefutable. Of course, when you watch the full video of this exchange, you'll see that CBS cut out several minutes of DeSantis blowing up that narrative. Also, DeSantis is racist. I imagine Governor DeSantis's office would say, look, we privatize the rollout because it's more efficient and it works better. It hasn't worked better for people of color. But the narrative presented by 60 Minutes, of course, isn't remotely close to being true, as Jared Moskowitz, the Democrat director of the Florida Division of Emergency Management, has pointed out and continues to forcefully do so in defense of DeSantis. Quote, 60 Minutes, I said this before and I'll say it again. Publix was recommended by Florida Division of Emergency Management and the Florida Health Department as other pharmacies were not ready to start. Period. Full stop. No one from the governor's office suggested Publix. It's just absolute malarkey, end quote. Publix released a statement this morning saying in part, quote, the irresponsible suggestion that there was a connection between campaign contributions made to Governor DeSantis and our willingness to join other pharmacies in support of the state's vaccine distribution efforts is absolutely false and offensive. As an aside, there are about 500 more Publix locations in Florida than there are Walmarts, for example, so you can be the judge about which one of those could get the vaccine out sooner. Moving on, a story that broke Friday afternoon, Major League Baseball is moving its all-star game out of Atlanta, Georgia, after facing corporate pressure to do so because of Georgia's new law that makes it harder for Democrats to steal elections. Speaking of Georgia, newly elected Senator Raphael Warnock tweeted and then deleted this over the weekend. End quote, the meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Whether you are Christian or not, through a commitment to helping others, we are able to save ourselves, end quote. So Georgia didn't get the $2,000 stimulus checks they were promised if they voted for Democrats, but they did get the all-star game moved out of the state, hurting small businesses in the Atlanta area, and they did get a heretical pastor and domestic abuser elected to the U.S. Senate, so I guess that's a fair trade. This deal is getting worse all the time. And now this. We found another one. Another man in the pulpit. Officers in Calgary, Alberta didn't issue any tickets after a preacher holding a church gathering over the weekend yelled at officers who showed up to enforce COVID restrictions. I don't care what you have to say. Out! Out! Out of this property, you Nazis! Out! Out! Gestapo is not allowed here. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg was caught on camera riding in a large SUV to get to work recently. When he stopped, got out of the SUV, pulled his bike out of the back, and rode the short distance to his destination, presumably for the cameras. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, that's not the first time. <laughs> Stephen Todd's book, Fauci and Bargain, continued to hover in the top five on Amazon.com over the weekend. Looking way down the list, former House Speaker John Boehner's new book sat at number 17, which means for the first time in his career, Steve is closer to selling out than Boehner. This despite Amazon rolling out a new autocorrect feature over the weekend, apparently, that only seems to affect Steve's book. And finally, Antifa showed up to a Manhattan, New York Chase Bank location when one dude started climbing the building for reasons only Allah knows. You can probably guess how that went. 
Okay. <laughs> Let's watch that again. That liquid is a can of paint, by the way. And that's what happened while we were away. Oh, Aaron, wow. you have a gift. Wow. Sometimes. <sighs> Aaron's montage brought to you by Publix. Just kidding. Uh, brought to you by Keeps. You've got a million reasons to be stressed out these days, right? Stressing out about male pattern baldness and receding hairlines, though, does not have to be one of them. The good news is Keeps can help with both. They offer the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatments, but they're going to offer you the generic version, so you're going to pay only about half the cost. On top of that, great deal is the convenience. You do everything online, answer a few easy questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and then a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. That's shipped directly to your door. So convenience, savings, and then to get you started, even more savings. Half off your first order right now. Half off your first order when you go to keeps.com slash grow. That's K-E-E-P-S for keeps.com slash grow. Again, keeps.com slash grow. Well, let's get to the uh, montage, shall we? And you know what? We're just going to go. There are some phenomenal launching off points for conversations in today's montage. So, so we don't get distracted. Let's just go through all of the main bullet points in order. Let's start with the 60 minutes Ron DeSantis hit job. So 60 minutes cannot be bothered about uh, Andrew Cuomo sending thousands of elderly to their deaths in New York state, but they uh, can be mobilized to do some hacktivism to try and discredit the singular large state COVID success story in America. This goes back to what we told you on our show back in January. Ron DeSantis is Donald Trump now, uh, for all intents and purposes. He's the biggest target in the 2022 midterms, uh, and he won't just have to be good on policy. He's going to have to be good at politics. And he has shown to be very politically astute uh, and savvy so far. But in the last 24 hours, he has received something that I had not banked on him getting. In some respects, it's like he's a national figure or the national figure of the right right now because the amount of conservative media outlets that have come to his defense to push back on this, typically you just don't get until you're the standard bearer. There's And the reason why is, you know, you don't, no want to play favorites, number one. But number two, there's 50 other things to be talking about right now other than doing your, uh, you know, your defense in particular. But he is getting that right now. Um, and and I think that also demonstrates the amount of stature that he has gained, too. I mean, he, he's getting the conservative movement version of Secret Service protection right now. I think that that shows the amount of stature and and gravitas that he has already earned on the right if he were to step into the shoes uh, of a national candidate after this reelect. But between now and 2022, this is why we said uh, you need to only be concerned about that because he is the target. You cannot allow this large state, urban, diverse, populated control group to exist. And not just exist, but then outperform all of your blue states at the exact same time. Florida, as of this morning, 27th in the nation in deaths per 1 million. 27th in the nation, despite the third largest population in the country, the second largest per capita elderly population 
in the country. And they're 27th in deaths per million. That's absolutely outstanding, which means it has to be taken down. And I just tweeted out something I want to share with you because, you know, a part of this, I think we need to highlight more and it just didn't stick right with me. All right. The idea, I mean, what, first of all, what's the difference if it's an 800 Rite Aids compared to 800 Publix? Is, is, what's the difference? Is, is there a difference? Well, the, the difference that 60 Minutes wants you to believe, the difference is because, well, they gave your pack 100 grand. Folks, I just went and looked it up during the break and tweeted it out. Do you know how much money Ron DeSantis spent to win the 2018 Florida governor's election? At least 100 grand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at times a, a few uh, numbers. Over $52 million. Over $52 million. The idea... It's so petty. ...that he agreed he agreed to put his reelect national aspirations, his administration... And by the way, if you don't live in that part of the country, you know, I haven't been down there a few times. I know a lot about Publix. If you don't live in that part of the country, you don't understand Publix is basically a Chick-fil-A level institution in that part of the country. So again, this isn't like some ragtag outfit with a buddy who's trying to break into the grocer market. All right. This is an institution. This is a, a name that has like a sterling reputation in that part of the country. They have eight, eight, over 800 locations in Florida alone. The idea that a guy who spent over $52 million to win the governor's mansion sold himself out for hundred grand is just laughably ridiculous on its face. That's a nothing. That's a nothing burger. An absolute nothing. Yeah, do you really want to talk about corporations that have their thumb on the no scale? No question really? about that. You know, no, in fact, that's a good segue yes, to it the is. next topic we're going to go to with Major League Baseball. How bad is this? It's so bad, the Washington Post basically debunked all of the narrative around the Georgia. That's right. The Washington Post. Not the Blaze. Not Red State. Not the Daily Wire. The Washington Post essentially dismissed and fact-checked many of these claims as fake news over the weekend. In essence, the Georgia bill says we're going to expand opportunities to vote which I don't agree with, by the way. I don't think you need any more opportunities to vote. We have an election day. Put it on your calendar. It's not the 12 days of... The 12 days of Christmas is a song, not an actual holiday. Not the 12 days of the election. It's a day. So unless you're dead, gone, or dead, because they get to vote twice, apparently, everybody else, show up. All right? So I don't even... I don't even agree with the premise of the Georgia bill. Of expanding opportunities. You, you got enough opportunities. It's the first Tuesday in November. Be there or shut your hole. Good? That, oh. That's my that's my that's my voter plan. Amen. Show up on election day or or you know, sucks to be you. Right? Correct. Anybody who's an actual American that can prove you're an American on election day, you can all have your voice heard. The day after, nope, you're done. Day before, not unless you're dying. All right, or somebody close to you is dying. Show up. All right. And nonetheless, the, the premise of this bill is to expand voting opportunities because Republicans always believe they need to give themselves cover for something, which never works again, by the way. So they expanded voting opportunities in order to justify what doesn't need justified. You need to justify to everybody else. You are who you say you are when you go to vote. 
We don't have to justify to you why we want to make sure it's one man, one vote. We don't have to justify that to you. You got to justify your one man. Worse, they're trying to justify it to the likes of Warlock or whoever the hell that guy is. <laughs> yeah, nice. Well played. So I don't even agree with that premise either. All right. But so and you can't get much more Republican other than let's grant the other side's premise in order to do what our side wants and then still get called a bunch of racist for it anyway. All right. It just that's about as on brand as Team GOP gets. OK, nevertheless, nevertheless, the person we really need to applaud here, Stacey Abrams finally found something she could win. This is the most successful race bait of all time. It not only removed the all-star game from Atlanta, it ended her gubernatorial aspiration. She's toast. It unified the Georgia GOP, which looked like it was heading to a full-time schism on the basis of what happened in this last election. And now it's almost like December never even happened. They're all happy. They're all unified, all against one common enemy. uh, And that is the gaslighting of the left woke media and their corporatist allies, including Major League Baseball, who the day after it pulled out of uh, the All-Star game, signed a new promotional deal in China. So it, the bill doesn't do anything they claim. It doesn't deny you can't get water or something to drink. It can be provided by poll workers. It just cannot be provided by politicians. By the way, it's federal law that politicians can't hand things out at polling stations, guys. Okay? It, none of this is true. Like, none of it is. But, like a moth to a flame, Stacey Abrams could not resist the temptation to race bait this son of a gun to the cows come home. And as you tweeted out, Todd, sowing and reaping in action, it worked too well. And now she's criticizing Major League Baseball for pulling out. Why? Because that wasn't the only thing that pulled out here. So did her gubernatorial aspirations. Because there's, have you ever been to Fulton County, Georgia? I have several times. One of the most racially integrated communities in America. Awful lot of minority businesses down there that are going to get shafted by this. A lot of people not going to be very happy. So whatever Stacey Abrams got out of that direct fundraising appeal, that's become a, a point of diminishing returns here in the last several days. None of that is true. None of what you've heard about it is true. What happened here with Major League Baseball is a final straw. Now, you're not going to like what I'm going to tell you next, but I, I'm going to tell you this because I want to win the argument, Okay. These things, the reason they're cutting business deals with China is to grant themselves a new customer base to immunize themselves from our boycotts, okay? To create themselves as global entities so that they can be immunized from us mounting our own social media counter to cancel culture. That doesn't mean I'm telling you if you're morally upset, you're morally ticked off, you, you want to draw a line, you're not watching anymore. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. That's a separate argument, okay? So you take what you think is the principled position for your conscience in this situation. I'm simply talking now purely strategic. Maybe in the past when this has come up, I have not drawn that distinction clear enough. So let me draw it here, all right? I'm talking in a purely strategic manner. Todd, I'm, I'm talking in a purely what? Strategic Strate- manner. So that's all I'm saying. If you want to beat these people, and I do, then you have to actually scratch where it itches. Your boycott won't ultimately do it. Now, you can hurt your individual team if you want to do that. 
But see, what they're really, what they really want to avoid is shame and antitrust problems. Shame because if they're publicly traded companies, now MLB is not, but their stadiums are out in the public. There's nothing stopping you from, and people like you, a mass protest outside the stadium for your Major League Baseball team. Shame them. Put it all on camera. Embarrass them. Shame them. But what really hurts them is the antitrust stuff they get away with, whether it's big tech or the tax breaks, the regulations. There needs to be a red state line in the stand. You all can go to California, Massachusetts, and the other five or six, New York, and you can all do all your business there. By the way, 35 other states have virtually the same laws that Georgia has, including, by the way, New York State, which is even tougher voter laws. But you guys can all go there. Screw you. You're, 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 what? you're right. It's a business. You're welcome to believe whatever you'd like. So are we. And we don't believe in subsidizing your kind around here anymore or incentivizing your kind around here anymore. Enjoy Californication and their regulations and taxes and don't let the door hit you on the way out. Screw you. Zero tolerance needs to be the response here. It is terrible economic policy to tax those who have the ability to actually create new wealth and jobs. But, but as devastating as that is to a people, that won't end a civilization like allowing unelected oligarchs to dictate your morality, virtue, and liberties. That will a lot faster than bad economic policy. So if we're going to look at a hierarchy of values here, Right? It's a little bit like saying to God, hey, it's okay that I murdered a bunch of folks because I didn't steal anything. Well, that's a commandment too. Yeah, there's a reason though that it's a little bit further down the list. Know what I'm saying, G? I do. Okay. And so the, hey, bad tax policy, important. It's on the list, right? Of course. But it's, it's, it's lower on the list. Lower. Allowing entities to create, to, to commit cultural murder, higher on the list. Agreed? Agreed. And that should be treated with maximum prejudice. No. Antitrust exemptions, gone. Taxes, tax breaks, subsidies, um, tax favors, rebates, regulation uh, reforms uh, that are friendly, all off the board, gone. You want to play? We're your Huckleberry. We'll play. You want to play this game called Civilization? Let's play. Zero-sum game. And we don't have shareholders, and we're pretty smart. You know, somebody else will come up with the next Coca-Cola. There can always be another Henry Ford. Right? Yes. And there can always be somebody else that will create the new thing. That's cool. We support an ice cream company right now, That's right? exactly That's... right. Yeah, so screw you. And the answer is no. That's where the pain is. They have immunized themselves from customer blowback by becoming global entities. So if you want to really hurt them, if you want to win, if you want to win, Major League Baseball attendance has been in massive decline for 25 years anyway. Their business model is, lar- is largely not supported by you and I going to games. If you want to win, you have to hit them where it hurts. Okay? You have to hit them in the sensitive spot. When I used to come home from school every day, I can't... How many days? Weeks. Trying to figure out how to fight that one big fat Turkish fighter on Mike Tyson's punch-out. Remember that guy? Oh, yes. And I just... Man, I just... Nothing, nothing worked. Every day after school. And, you know, there's this Band-Aid over his belly button, right? 
because your instinct is to go for the head, right? Sure. So finally, after so many days of never getting past this guy, I decided him in the Band-Aid. Lo and behold, he just totally freezes and you knock him out in 10 seconds when you do that, right? Yes. That's the thermal exhaust port on that fat Turkish guy on Mike Tyson's punch out was on the belly button. The thermal exhaust port with these entities are the antitrust and the public tra- and the public s- smearing and shaming. You have to embarrass them publicly. Embarrass them. And then you have to go after all of the all of the governmental assistance that they receive to remain wealthy all has to be zeroed out. That will hurt. That'll hurt. That's where they are vulnerable. The Raphael Warnock thing, I mean, uh, what do you say to, uh, to that? It's Easter. He's a heretic. Claims he's a member of the clergy and a U.S. senator in the middle of the Bible Belt using that day of all days to shake his fist at God. In fact, applaud him for his honesty. And the dichotomy of him and the Polish pastor in Canada. We've been wondering, where are the men at? There's one. Right? A good pastor knows that you feed sheep and you shoot wolves. And he shot them all the way out his front door, even calling them, do you not understand English? He said, calling them Nazis. There needs to be much more of that. That is the kind of spirit that gave birth to your way of life. And that kind of spirit will need to be recovered in order to preserve it. One other thing I should mention about the DeSantis Publix angle that came out with 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes, I mean, also didn't tell you that Publix donated $3.25 million to Democrats in Florida. They give to both sides, like corporations used to do, okay? But they gave $3.25 million to Democrats in the last election cycle in Florida, okay? Point of the, last, the last two, I should say, between 2018 and 2020. Yeah. It'd be a real shame uh, after 60 Minutes did this hit job on, on Ron DeSantis. If it came to light, I don't know, maybe almost a year ago. If it came to light, just saying hypothetically, hypothetically, you understand this is hypothetically, not saying this actually happened a year ago or anything, but it would be just be a shame if it came to light that, I don't know, Andrew Cuomo gave immunity to uh, directors of nursing homes after you know they gave... His campaign donations, not mm-hmm. saying that that happened, but or anything. Uh, one of the issues I'm having here, it, it, I think we're going to have, I don't think a serpent in the uh, first uh, couple chapters of the Bible is going to cut it anymore. I mean, if we made it accurate, we would the devil would come back as a journalist, I'm quite certain. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I remember growing up, 60 Minutes was the number one show in America every year. Oh, yeah. Appointment viewing. And so if if we're at the point now that the agate prop, the, the malevolent, biased hacktivism uh, advancement of partisan narratives just beyond just you know typical the bias of people but on an institutional level if we're at the point now that 60 minutes given its esteemed place of prominence in our in our media zeitgeist if we're at the point now that it is irrevocably corrupted by that spirit of the age then your whole industry there is essentially gone for i mean just just gone if 60 minutes is if 60 minutes is now joy reed then, I mean, your industry as a whole is probably toast. So I was asked to appear 
this morning on C-SPAN's Washington Journal. And C-SPAN in the past has had me on every New Year's Day, several years running. We've joked they've apparently decided that America can only handle about seven minutes once a year from me, uh, as it is. But with the book out, and they wanted to get more in-depth of people who do popular podcasts, so they figured they're going to start a new series. They decided to kick it off with me today. And we were going to take calls. And I went into this, you know, I love C-SPAN. I, I love the work they do. They've been kind to me over the years and they're fair. It's one of the few places left that you're allowed for the most part to have a say in an open forum that's unfiltered, unedited, provided you're not too insane. And um, I had intended, I get up this morning, man, I, you know, I've got a shirt and tie on in my own house. I'm just, I'm going to, you know, rise to the uh, stature of, of the of the occasion and, and provide a little extra layer of professionalism. And I'm sitting there waiting to go on. And I see that the host is Steve Scully. That's not who originally reached out to me. Well, if you guys know that name, I mean, he's been on C-SPAN for many, many years, but he was suspended last year for um, messages or emails, I think it was, that he had sent Anthony Scaramucci, of all people, <clears throat> about how to respond to Donald Trump uh, and questions about his whether he was credible enough to host one of the presidential debates. And then I think he lied and said that, according to USA Today, he lied and said that his email had been hacked. And so for that, he got suspended for an indefinite period of time by C-SPAN. He was allowed back in January, but today's his first day on the air. That was the show I was on. So I'm like, okay. And then the, the last caller before I come on literally was advocating for vaccine passports and used the exact phrase, quote, you need to show us your papers. So in light of those two things, I just decided, you know what? Let's kick the tires here and light the fires. We, we, this, this needs to be an extinction level event. Even on C-SPAN. And it turns out the callers obliged. Yes, they did. And it, listen, batting practice for Roy Hobbs is always easy, but especially now when you're hanging the curveballs on top of that. All right? And so the entire clip of this is on our YouTube page, if you want to watch it all. It's about 35 minutes, and it's it's some of the most fun in 35 minutes I've had in many, many a moon. And you can watch the entire thing at YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. Aaron, you picked two clips in particular. Tell us why you picked these two clips that you want to highlight now. Because they're spectacular. That's why. Uh, the first one, some probably Harvard-educated chick from Washington, D.C. named Bridget. And thoughts and prayers go out to her. You'll find out why in just a little bit. The second is of a teacher in the Tacoma, Washington area, who also thoughts and prayers to those who she teaches Literally, and you'll find oh, out. You'll find out why in a few minutes as well. That's why. So let us begin clip number one from this morning. Here's Brigitte. Bridget is joining us next from here in Washington D.C. Good morning. Thank you for waiting. Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I just had three points for Steve that I was hoping that he could address. The first one: Do you know who Faust is? because there is no correlation between the title of your book and the actual story of Faust. Secondly, what kind of medical authority do you have as a political analyst and a podcaster to really have any kind of informed opinion on the medical advice that anyone is giving at all, period, much less 
Dr. Fauci? And thirdly, why should I listen to a man's opinion who has a poster of the Dark Knight in his basement and still hangs up his college letters? So thank you so much. Bye. Welcome back, Steve Scott. I got to take real offense at number three there, Steve. I mean, I've got, I kind of pride myself on the taste I have in pop culture. I mean, I, I, you're going to come on here and you want to dog the greatest, arguably the greatest movie trilogy of all time, uh, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. I, I've really got to question whether you're part, frankly, of the mental health apocalypse that we're on the brink of here in America. But as to the rest of her questions, what right do I have to question? I'm a damned American. That's what right. The Constitution says we the people, not them the experts not them, the public health professionals. You know, your government told you for 80 years UFOs weren't real. Now suddenly they want to tell you they are. Ask the Tuskegee Airmen what they think about public health officials. So yeah, you vote, you have a, you, you have a constitution. This government begins with we the people in order to form a, a more perfect union, not this, the public health department. When you go to a doctor, man, and they tell you you have breast cancer and you need to get your breast removed over that lump in your chest, are you not given informed consent options? Are you not entitled to get a second opinion? We, by the way, ironically, my co-author Todd Erzin and I actually agree with you that we are not in position to question particular medical diagnoses. That's why we cite so many counter experts, Harvey Risch at Yale, Martin Koldorf at Harvard, with, with these great epidemia, the Center for Responsible Medicine, for Evidence-Based Medicine at Oxford University, all the various doctors, scientists, epidemiologists there, would they be expert enough for you? Dr. John Ioannidis, head of, the, of, of, of population health at Stanford University, would, would he be, that's a, that's a university, maybe 1% of this audience, not including me, I couldn't get in, uh, can get admitted to on an annual basis. Would that be expert enough for you? Ma'am, I would ask you, who are you to question by your own logic and your own standard. Who are you to question all these experts at Harvard, Yale, Stanford, Carnegie Mellon, Rockefeller University, the number one university in America, in the world, according to US News and World Report, Oxford University, ma'am, who are you to question their skepticisms and scrutinies of Dr. Fauci by your own standard? What expertise do you have to tell Martin Koldorf at Harvard he doesn't know what in the Sam Hill he's talking about? I will simply defer to your own standard, ma'am, and ask you, why are you questioning those who are questioning Dr. Fauci? How dare you question their expertise? They have far more impressive diplomas and, accredi and accreditations, ma'am, than you do. Thoughts on that, Todd? You asked us, Aaron and I, before you did this, should we talk about this tonight? And I was kind of like, well, I, it might be kind of repetitive, just going because of the nature of C-SPAN. And then I'm sitting there watching, and my kids are getting ready for school, and I'm like, girls, come over. You want to see a whooping? <laughs> I mean, the, it, just the sh the pride in her shallowness. Yes. I want to Good pridefully grief. declare how eager to be subjugated by, yes. by a, a, an absolute a-hole I desire to be. Yes. And young lady, do you, love to talk about Faust with you sometime because you're not getting <laughs> yes. it. Yes. Yeah. I, I decided not to even pursue that one because it was pretty obvious that this was beyond her grasp at the exact same time. Yes. Aaron, your thoughts on the clip number one. Oh, man. I, I, we were talking about this before the show, so I'm just going, and you, neither of you bought this up, so I'm just going to rip it off uh, what we were talking about. Ignorance that deep. Ignorance that wide, deep and wide, deep and wide, there's ignorance deep and wide. That 
type of ignorance can only be acquired through a postgraduate degree, which I'm sure that she probably has. And to channel Thomas Sowell, I believe this is a quote that I'm probably going to bastardize, but you can't reason with people who find superiority in their ignorance. Mm. That's that's that caller to a T. And the way that you can... Folks, gather around, listen up. If you're ever going to be in an argument with somebody, look at the deft way in which the question was turned around on them. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have very good arguments, if your arguments end with something that ends up with what we're seeing here in the United States, which is tyranny run amok more than a year later after 15 days to to flatten the curve, if your arguments end up at that point, you have a bad argument. And if you have a bad argument, you can be turned around on very easily. And that's what happened there. The second clip that Aaron chose to highlight is from a teacher. Watch this. Let's go to uh, Johnny. Joining us from Tacoma, Washington. Good morning. Welcome to the conversation. Good morning. I just want to say to Steve that, uh, first of all, why you're on here promoting your book, seem like to me. And uh, Dr. Fauci is a scientist. And we have to understand science. So one at one point... We uh, might say that you don't need masks, but with science, experiments are done. And then you realize that out there without masks, this is spreading faster. So you regroup and say, okay, maybe we do need masks. So you try different things. And you tell the people who uh, lost family members, we've had over... Uh, half a million people to die from this. So this herd immunity, like this other doctor that was talking to Trump about just letting it go, how many people would we want to die before uh, we say we need to do something like quarantine? Yes, I'm a school teacher, so I understand how (laughs) having the students at home doing virtual learning has impacted these students. Don't get me wrong, because I have kids that have not logged on. And I am very concerned about this, but I'm concerned that if we had just let it go and done herd immunity, that we would have had millions of people to die. So stand at home for a year so we can eventually get back to the way we possibly were. It it just seemed like to me you're promoting a book. And we have to believe the science. And even if it was half that many people that died, think of the family members who lost someone. And I just think when we say Dr. Fauci was out there maybe to showboat on his own, don't – don't crucify the man. That's how I look at it. Because Thank you. Uh, from, from Tacoma, Washington. Well, we talked about the book, Dr. Fauci, but you're also the host of your own podcast. How often do you host it? We are new to Eastern, right after going back on TV and radio and podcast five days a week, Monday through Friday, Steve. And I'd like to respond to what she had Certainly. to say, if you don't mind. Number one, I've not ascribed any motivations to Anthony Fauci. Um, uh, so that is a, is a false claim. No, no, number, number two, we have to follow the science. Who's, who's science? I mean, I I can cite numerous experts across the world. I I just cited the ultimate data stat. You know, this idea that millions would have died. We have a control group. I can understand, Steve, why people would have that point if we didn't have a control group. But we do. It's called Sweden. And they they actually beat uh, and surpassed uh, and dominated the rest of the European Union in excess deaths last year 
with nowhere near the mitigation efforts that the rest of the world did. So, so we have a control group that answers that question. Thirdly, this notion of herd immunity. You know, it's, it's kind of funny to watch people who claim they believe in science throw around a term that is one of the most bedrock philosophies and precedents in scientific history. You're here as a human being today, despite, despite far worse plagues than the current one. You're here because of herd immunity. Herd immunity isn't a theory, as Trump wrongly said. Herd immunity isn't a, isn't a, a scam. Herd immunity is an observation that we, we went to this because we recognize and observe how contagions work. And then what is the threshold for when cultures and communities can begin with healthy immune systems pushing back on an outbreak? In fact, let me blow some minds here this morning, Steve. Do you know what a vaccine program is designed to get us to? Wait for it. Wait for it. Herd immunity. That's the point of a vaccine program. The point of a vaccine program is to get us to herd immunity quicker and faster so that we don't have more loss of life in, or, than, we, than we can possibly sustain on our way to a herd immunity threshold. So I would encourage that teacher to actually study some science before coming on a national program, outing herself as a teacher and saying, follow the science when what she spewed was really just a bunch of unscientific psychobabble. This notion that I don't care about the half a million people that have perished with COVID, that's another fallacy. I mean, every single one of those lives, yesterday was Easter, right? Jesus died for every single one of those individuals, just like he died for you and me. Every single one of those individuals were fearfully and wonderfully made. But look how she flippantly just dismissed, you know, we have a couple students in my class, they don't show up for the Zooms, I worry about them. Well, where, where's, her con where, where's the concern for them? Where's the concern for the people that didn't get their cancer screenings last year? Where's the concern for the people that didn't get their heart disease screening last year? That kills, that's the leading killer in America, over 600,000 people every year. How many people didn't get early detection, Steve? Steve, how many people are going to have a lump in their scrotum and a lump on their breast that if it had been detected a year ago could have saved them, but now it's, cancer is too far gone and they're now not going to survive? Who cares about all of their lives? See, this works both ways. And yet we don't want to make it work both ways. You can throw up all the accreditations for Anthony Fauci you want. I can throw up accreditations for people who dramatically disagree with him and have every bit as impressive of credentials. This is why we need a tribunal. This is why we had checks and balances. We have branches of government. This is why we didn't have kings. We didn't have an expert class that all power was given to. And then we just, who knows if they're right on any given day. In my lifetime, I'm 47 years old. In my lifetime, fiber's been good. Too much fiber's bad. Fiber's good again. <clears throat> In my lifetime, high-fat diet's bad. Low-fat diet's good. Good. Now, high-fat diets in some cases are good again, right? This is why we need, we need wisdom and a multitude of counsel. We need to hear from more voices. The biggest mistake the Trump administration made from the very beginning, other than putting too much power in Anthony Fauci's hands, is that is the first 15 days when we were shut down, we should have had a room on national TV where all these experts from the very beginning that disagreed, put them in a room together, battle royale, let's roll tape and let's see who's got the best evidence-based medicine, the best arguments. We never did that. And instead, we have elevated one particular group of experts, in this case, Anthony Fauci, to godlike status. Man, that was fun this morning. Yes, it was. Ask me anything coming up next. Stay tuned. And 
Morning. We're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre. And all of you, let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And you can also look for Steve Dace on MeWe, Parlor, and Gab as well. If you want that full C-SPAN interview, we just played you a couple of clips. I know that given some of the uh, fun you have with your kids in, in the government schools, you, you, you particularly enjoy the last exchange with that teacher. Well, first of all, if, why are you sitting there watching and talking on C-SPAN and not part of your precious Zoom meetings? That's my first question. And secondly, I just love how you anoint yourself. I'm a teacher, so I understand. I think that's a direct quote. Mm-hmm. Yet the caller before... You know, she puts herself in a special class, but that caller before who agreed with that woman immediately put you in a class that can't possibly understand. Like, mm-hmm. what exactly what special incantation must I do? Must I consider to be part of the people in the know? Who is this? Um, repeating in Fauci, we trust three times while crossing yourself in front of a mirror with the lights off. Yeah. Instead of Candyman, you now look in the mirror and say Fauci Man three times. Then he jumps out and he's got a quadruple mask. I mean, you and I were talking during the break. Uh, headline, a double mutant variant. Yes. Double mutant. Trucker Glock, who wants it? Who wants some double mutant variant? Double mutant. We don't serve that kind around here. Double mutant. You look rather double mutant. So we got a new double mutant variant, right? Sure. I want to hear. I want to hear Mitch McConnell say double, double mutant, double mutant. <laughs> See, and if dude, if if we needed double masks for the singular mutant, what in the world do we have to wear for a double mutant variant? Can you only imagine what that would require? Oh, wow, double mutant across the sky. <laughs> Oh, it's a double mutant variant all the way. A double mutant variant. Oh, my. Yes. Also, how well are the masks working if now we have double mutant variants? Obviously, if you don't want the double mutant, you should have been double masking, Todd. Yes. See, in all seriousness, this can't be taken seriously. Maximum. Dismiss this all with maximum prejudice. Give it no intellectual standing, for there isn't any. This requires an exceedingly high level of scorn, ridicule, mockery. Treat it the way Paul treated the Judaizers in Galatia. If you love circumcision so much, cut your entire penises off. Show us your full level of the commitment to your own personal holiness. Just lop the whole member off while you're at it. What he says to the to the, 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 the to the apostate in Acts, you, sir, are a son of the devil. What Christ says to Herod, sly fox, hypocrites. What Isaiah says, which end of the wood do I, hard to know, which end to burn and which end to worship. Elijah at Mount Carmel, maybe your, maybe your God is constipated. Maybe he's on the throne. Maybe he's just, he, he can't be bothered to respond to your kvetching. Give it nothing of any level of seriousness. Don't even give it your anger. It's not even worth that. Mock it. Ridicule it. Shame it. Scorn it. 
because what the devil hates the most, and that's where this is all from, what the devil hates the most is to be mocked. Pile on the mockery. Laugh. The way Kirk laughs at Khan and the superior intellect. Laugh. Laugh, scorn, mock. Give it no level of anger, frustration, or serious thought. Because none of this is serious. None of it is. This is a cultural version of smashing the grapefruit grapefruit in the histor- in the hysterical woman's face to get her to calm down. That's what you need to do here. To an entire culture, male and female. Enough. Get a grip, man. Mock, scorn, ridicule. Start with mock. Start there. If you want to watch that full clip, youtube.com slash Steve Dace or rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, what's going on with our good friend Shannon Joy? We're going to find out because something is going on that you're going to want to know about. You know, Score Master, you want to know about as well. It can be the difference between getting whatever deal that you get offered uh, for a home loan, car loan, credit card, or apartment, or getting the best deal that you can get, saving money, getting the best interest rate, repayment terms, etc. How's that possible? It's because ScoreMaster, uh, their average user, can get about 60 points added to your credit score in about three weeks or less. Sometimes you can get up to 30 points in just a few days. Uh, ScoreMaster is a real game changer because it puts the information that the banks have on you in your hands where it belongs so that you know exactly why you have the score you have and exactly how to get to the score that you want. That's a handy tool. That's why the average ScoreMaster user can log in as many as five times a month to make sure they are keeping up with who is keeping tabs on them. ScoreMaster is simple, easy to use, takes just about a minute to enroll. Go ahead, see your points, get your points, and then find out how you can get plus points. You can also get up to $1 million in fraud insurance to protect the credit score that you have if it's good. Go to scoremaster.com slash Steve. Again, that's scoremaster.com, scoremaster.com slash Steve. All right, let's get to our Monday Town Hall. It is the MeWe Ask Me Anything edition. Todd, you have selected the questions from MeWe that we will be asked or answering this week. Uh, as usual, you know, I've not seen any of the questions. Don't know what any of them are about so that we get them all cold. Aaron, you may begin. We'll begin with Sarah Hyatt, who says, You said on Friday's show that the mask is a conditioning tool for the mark, and one would wonder how many people would stand up and refuse it if they were told then to take the mark in order to be a member of society. The consequence of of taking the mark is the wrath of God and being condemned to hell. As, As you know, there are many weak Christians who would take the mark, but how does that reconcile with the Bible saying you can't lose your salvation? I would say, um, that if you take the mark, you weren't saved, is is what I would say. Um, I, I, I would say that, in fact, that's my answer. I'm just going to leave it there. That's right. my answer. Yeah. Next up, Greg Taylor says, hey, Steve, what's the real story behind the latest surge in COVID-19 cases in some parts of the country? What are, what are most of those parts of the country we're talking about? Eastern Seaboard, Michigan. Weren't these the places that were getting hit hard at this time last year? Sure. Yeah. Which indicates what? 
Seasonality. Seasonality. Yep. And regionality. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it goes back to what I said last hour, the question I got, a really good question. I'm getting, and I'm getting a lot of good questions right now and from you in the audience that are reading the book and sharing it with people and people coming back. And, it's, and, and, and listen, non-snotty challenges, I'll entertain with earnesty and respect and courtesy as long as you want. The minute we get snotty, though, just understand, we, we, I, flip you, I, flip the, I flip the switch to the Chicago way of snottiness once we get snotty. We get snotty, I'm sending yours to the morgue. All right? You will not out-snotty me. But if we're if we're respectful and courteous and treat each other as human beings, then I mean I'll sit here and go back and forth and answer as many critical questions and challenges that are serious as I possibly can. We get once we get snotty, that shows me you're not serious, and therefore no longer am I. All right, but uh, I'm getting a lot of good questions from you in the audience that have you know friends, loved ones that are either reading the book or you're sharing stuff with them, and they have some sincere and earnest questions. I mentioned the one about hey, it's not fair to use Sweden. Up against the rest of the European Union, it's more fair to um, uh, compare it to its other Scandinavian neighbors. And I actually think that's a fair criticism. It just is often unfairly utilized, meaning that if we're going to say because of regionality, longitudinal uh, seasonality, things of that nature, that Sweden should be in its own box with the rest of Scandinavia, then we have to do that across the board. But did we do that in the last year? No. No. Did we treat everything as if it was New York? Yes. Yes. When they had the Sun Belt way, when that happened later in the summer, did the rest of the country get an exemption because they weren't that weren't in the Sun Belt? Where they thought, all right, you guys are in the Sun Belt, you know, just no. we'll be careful with the with the um, vulnerable demographics. But the rest of you, go ahead and back to your. Did we do that? No. No. So you can't give me paint by numbers, ham fisted authoritarianism, and then decide we want exceptions. Okay, I'm fine admitting that there are seasonal suggestions. I'm fine admitting that in some parts of the country, there's more obesity, more diabetes than in others. I'm I'm fine with all those things. But how often have we drawn those kinds of distinctions here in the last year? Distinctions. What distinctions? Yeah. yeah, What would be a distinction musician? Exactly. Almost never. You're right, Todd. And so which on which front do we wish to argue? If we wish, because here's the thing, if we're going to agree, by the way, that there's seasonal, regional, uh, longitudinal, um, uh, you know, aspects to this, well, then we have to take those distinctions to their most, to their ultimate conclusion. There's personal distinctions at stake, too. How old are you? I'm a year older than you. I'm 48. Okay. What do you weigh, maybe? Buck 60? Uh, yeah, I'm right around there. Okay. All right. Active lifestyle? Yeah, still relatively active. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's your risk of COVID? Or anybody like you in your profile? Very, very, very low. Uh, yeah, microscopic would be the answer. Yes. Why are you locked down? I have no idea. Yeah, but well, the ar- argument is well, you're going to asymptomatically give it to grandma, oh, sure. right? Well, yeah. Except asymptomatic spreads a complete canard fraud. Take asymptomatic spread off the table. Why are you locked down anywhere in America? Yeah, there's no good. Reason. There's, there's no good reason. Okay, so. That's why that's why we've often dismissed distinctions. Because then that opens the door to, well, don't those distinctions matter for individual populations then? Yeah. Yeah. I use this example a lot last year because it's in-house. Our very own Glenn Beck. He has an autoimmune deficiency. So even after people were back at work at the office down in Dallas, he was still broadcasting from home much later on, right? Yeah. That was that was wise, because that's one of the leading, um, you know, comorbidities to COVID nineteen. 
The, but these are decisions you could have made alone, you know, with a doctor. We could have we could have passed legislation that your business can't fire you if you can't show up to work because of a comorbidity. Uh, that they would provide some reasonable accommodation for you to be able to work from home, if possible. Right? Yes. We could have done all those things. Why didn't we do those? Because it wouldn't have given them the power and the control that they want. Could be one reason why. We could be doing them right now. So you want to say, well, Steve, last year we were panicked. We weren't sure we were dealing with. We had Trump in office. He was an idiot. Okay. I don't want to argue all those things. I've had all those arguments before. I'll grant you all those points for, so that I can then follow up with this question. Why aren't we doing those things right now then? Trump's not in office. It's a year later. We have better data than we ever had before. Unlike remdesivir, we actually have treatments that work now. Right? Yes. Okay. So then why are we still doing a lot of this? then orange man bad's gone now so why are we still doing it with dementia joe why are we still doing it so you're dealing with largely seasonal waves there does that mean we could see another one some other form of a seasonal wave in the sun belt yeah we could but if you look at where we're at with vaccinations where we're at with herd immunity thresholds all those things better treatments now better knowledge of um you're not you're not watching them bury bodies in the backyards of New York hospitals as we were a year ago. So you're seeing a surge in cases, but you're not seeing a national surge in hospitalizations or anything of that nature. Next up, we'll go to Virginia Doherty, who says, what do you think of the effectiveness of boycotts, MLB, Coca-Cola and all the latest corporations? I don't think it's a good response to the answer is us. I don't think it is even a blip on their screen. Home Depot would just laugh if I returned their credit card. Aaron, can you read the next one as well? Because it's also, I normally warn you about that. From Tom. That, yes, they come from different perspectives on this, and Steve can then take care of the whole thing. There's this from Tom Hevener, who says, I've never been a fan of boycotts, but I think that may be our only option to make our collective voice heard. Not only do we have all the guns, but we have a large percentage of the consumers. We may not have the largest bank accounts, but we do pay the bills of this country. We can't boycott everybody at once, but if we pick one company per month to unite against, I think we can prove a point. So let me take both of these. Um, to me, I think there's, I touched on this a little bit last hour, but right. let me reset it again, okay? And a little bit with a little more, a little bit more detail. I, I think there's, there's two, two points to a boycott. One is the moral principle at stake. The other is a successful strategy to end, to generate an, a preferred outcome or desired outcome. The hope is that you do those two things at the same time. My argument is, however, that the places you want to boycott, unless it's extremely targeted, like let's say the entire conservative movement decided, and I'm going to pick on this franchise because they're in a deep red state and one of our most loyal listeners works in their front office. And it, <laughs> All right. Let's say we decided we're going to make, but we were going to even do a. We'd have to do a very targeted effort. We're just going to punish the Kansas City Royals, right? Missouri is in a red state, has some of the highest per capita church attendance in America. Um, it's got one of the new populist senators in Josh Howley, and so the entire if the if if we all decided we were to concentrate our fire on making the Kansas City Royals an example. 
a, 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 a cautionary tale for the rest of Major League Baseball, that would work. But the idea that we can just walk into these multilateral corporations, entities, and just start indiscriminately spraying buckshot around, it won't work. That doesn't mean don't do it. I'm not, I'm not telling anybody here to, to cancel their MLB extra innings package, not to cancel it on DirecTV because you're pissed off. That's not what I'm saying. All right? But, but I think we're in an era now. This isn't the Montgomery bus boycott, guys. We're, bus, we're boycotting the MTA of, of, of Montgomery, Alabama. And it just so happens that working class blacks are the, one of the predominant demographics using those buses. And so if they all don't ride, they, it was the Montgomery bus boycott, not the national bus boycott. You see what I'm saying? Sure. The, on a, and, and these corporations and co- corporate entities on a national level, they're not even national anymore. They're global. And so I think if we need to separate the moral principle from the strategic one here. So if anybody within the sound of my voice says, I'm done with Coca-Cola, I'm done with products, I'm done with Major League Baseball. We've never been a show to get in the way of your moral conscience, provided your moral conscience isn't, you know, like sacrificing to live goats. Okay. We've never gotten in the way of that, even agree or disagree, right? right? We leave maximum room for moral conscience, but separate that from, do you want to defeat corporate wokeism? Because I promise you that won't do it. There aren't enough of us. Even if we all did it, there aren't enough. They'll just go and open new markets in China, which MLB did the day after they did this. They did. They cut a new deal in China. So you have to, if you want to win, we we can't do what the opposite. We, we we can't make the mistake the Republican Party has made. The Republican Party wants wants the customers it prefers to have instead of the customers it actually has. We have to win, not the way we would prefer to win, but the way that winning is possible. The way that winning is possible is you have to hit them at a corporate level, not an individual one. Today, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, announced he's not going to throw out the first pitch for the Texas Rangers. They're expecting a a sellout crowd, 43,000 today. First sellout we've had of a major event in America since COVID. You have to wear a mask, but you can sell out the stadium. He was going to throw out the first pitch. Now he's not going to in protest of what MLB did over Georgia over the weekend. While that's a nice symbolic step that will certainly generate some headlines, what you really want Greg Abbott to do is as the governor of the most populous red state in the union is get on the phone to every other red state governor and said, I'm beginning a consortium of red states. We're removing any, anything within any MLB ties, any, any, any subsidies, any tax credits, any tax breaks, any regulation reforms, all of them are gone. And they can all do business in California and Massachusetts and, and Washington State if they want. Enjoy your life. But we're not subsidizing this. We're not aiding and abetting it. We're not enriching any more of this anymore. That's what is needed on a national level. When and if Republicans get back control again in the 2022 midterms. We're revoking Major League Baseball's antitrust exemption. Gone. That's what needs to be done. That, that is where the pain is. For the big tech oligarchs, this thermal exhaust board is that they're publicly traded companies. Go after their share price. Shame them. Threaten them. And actually 
uh, go after and, and follow through on threats on an antitrust perspective. Th- these things are too big now. And so instead of a, if you, if, if a national boycott, I would actually encourage go after one particular team where you know you can win. American Family so- Association is the largest pro-family organization in the country from a grassroots perspective. I know this. I used to broadcast on the radio network all the time. No one has a larger grassroots reach than AFA does in Tupelo, Mississippi. Nobody does. Had something like there's something like 160 radio stations in a lot of small rural markets all over the country where a lot of our people live. They're one of the few pro-family organizations having worked and covered on campaign worked on and covered campaigns. AFA is one of the few national organizations I can tell you I've seen move numbers. Most of them, even with the bigger names like FRC, for example, I've seen no evidence they move any numbers anywhere. They raise a lot of money, put out a lot of good information, but I don't see any evidence. When I'm working for a campaign, I don't really care about how good of information they put out. I want to know, can you move numbers, right? AFA can move numbers. They went, they went squarely after Target when they opened up their bathrooms. It cost Target uh, uh, points on its shares. It cost them business. They didn't budge. You have to recall, remember, these people are true believers now. And so you have to make the cost of, of, of their new religion too high. And, and us just not watching anymore. Major League Baseball, Todd, you're the biggest baseball fan we have here. I mean, how much have the ratings gone down in the last 25 years anyway? A lot. A lot. How much has attendance gone down in the last 25 years anyway? It's gone down. Yeah. So I, I think separate what you think you can do as an individual that your moral conscience says, I just, I, I'm going to reject this. That's great. But that's not, there aren't enough of us, even if we all did it. Because you can't get everybody to do it. That's just human nature. There's not enough anymore. These things are too big. We could go after maybe a team or maybe even a couple of teams in really deep red states and really make them pay. And then you pressure and then they hopefully then go back to the rest of the owners and say, hey guys, come on, man. Are we going to put 17 teams in Los Angeles, 14 teams in New York? I mean, we can't do that. So enough of this crap. Do politics on your own time. Do that. But if you want to hit them hard on a, on a macro scale, you have to go where the weaknesses are. And us just not, you know, getting extra innings on direct TV or going to ball games anymore. There's, you know where they make their money on attendance, guys? You and I showing up in the stands is the gravy, man. All the money is made selling the corporate suites. See my point? Yes. So... Any amount of money that you and I show up paying $15, $20, for a stadium box seat or general admission seat somewhere or 10 bucks for a bleacher seat somewhere, that's gravy, man. That's the frosting on the cake. The cake is baked with the selling of corporate luxury seats, private suites. So they have a business model that is largely immunized from us, but it's not completely immunized. You have to hit them where they're actually weakened. Does that answer the, the points that were raised here? I think so. It's This is going to take some feeling out over time. You never know, because you also have to be nimble enough. Moments, you can't just totally long game this thing. The short game is really important. You know, you're just going to have a moment that you got to capitalize on right now before it fades away. Mm-hmm. That's tough to do. Mm-hmm. Moving on, uh, next is David Johnson, who asks, is Iowa... Hold on, can I go back to the last question really sure. quick? 
Let me give you an example of what I mean being smart. That I, a strategy I deployed. All right. So 10 years ago, a good friend of mine was running in for state Senate here in Iowa, and he was running against somebody that the Democratic Party had specifically picked. He, she was the incumbent and they, her husband was on the state Supreme Court and they had specifically picked her to succeed Tom Harkin one day. So she was the future star. This buddy of mine is in the state house. He now, he now runs for her seat in the state Senate. And when him and his wife were a young married couple, they got into some arguments, had too much to drink. Uh, this was 20 years ago. She called, she was drunk and mad, called the cops, made a false claim about abuse that wasn't true. And he got out the next morning. Well, somehow the state, the, the state Democrats found out about this thing that happened like in 1997 or something. Okay. And started running television ads with it. And it came out of their pack. We went and looked at who sponsored that pack. And one of the sponsors of that pack was Mid-American Energy, which was given, you know, rights as a public utility here for power here in Iowa. What we did is we went to the neighborhood of the CEO of Mid-American Energy. We did this. We planned this out and we did this. We went to the neighborhood of the, of, of, of the CEO of Mid-American Energy and we lit dropped every single door, lawn and car really in just those two blocks. But if you just do it in the two blocks around his house, you're going to think the whole neighborhood looks like that, right? right? We just did the two blocks around his house. And we lit dropped them all with, is this what you think mid-American energy ought to be doing? Delving into people's private lives, what was going on with their marriages 20 years ago, blowing them up you know, so their kids are getting mocked and facing ridicule at school. Is that what mid-American energy is all about? Is that what their political donations really ought to be going to? We didn't go after the Democrats. We went after, we went where they knew, we knew they were sensitive. Within a couple of days, they had yanked all their funding from that pack. Those ads stopped running. We made our point. And my guy won, by the way. That's what I'm talking about. Hit them where they're sensitive. That Go, go where there is a chance for victory. If you try to go after the, the Death Star, there, we don't have enough X-Wings, B-Wings, A-Wings, Y-Wings. We ain't got enough. We don't have enough. So do you want to blow up the Death Star or, or not? If you want to make a point, then just boycott on your own and put up a Facebook post. If you want to win, if you want to blow up the Death Star, go after where they're vulnerable. Thank you, Aaron. That was an important, that was an important example of what we talk about all the time, leverage. David Johnson says, is Iowa going to get Illinoised just like Texas is getting california and Florida is getting New Yorked? Um, Eastern Iowa, Eastern Iowa, for sure that, you know, that that, I could see that happening, but it's already lefty over there anyway. Yeah. Keep in mind, Iowa is not a traditional red state. We sent Grassley and Harkin to the Senate together for what? 25, 30, 30 years, 35 years. Um, uh, uh, George W. Bush, I think won this state by like a handful of votes in 2004. And other than that, no Republican had won it in a presidential election since I think it was Reagan 84 or Bush 88 when Trump won it in 16. I mean, we have traditionally been a purple state. Um, so uh, this is, you know, the the harvest of a lot of work uh, here in our state uh, for the last 10 plus years. So the fact that we're even being in this conversation with a state like Texas is indicative of just if, if you're successful or if you're if you're strategic, how successful you can be with your uh, with your work is is how much things have changed politically in Iowa, just in even the last you know four five six years, and I think Kim Reynolds gets a, a good amount of credit for that as well. She's signing these bills, 
right? She's the one that managed the, the, the COVID response over the last year. So give her credit too, because if personnel is policy, she's been good personnel in the governor's mansion. Up next, we have John Bettner, and I'll try to get this in right before the break and tease for when we come back. I guess Shannon's up next really quickly then. Why is it you never see anyone use the CDC own stats on their website, yearly death rates, 2010 through 2020, to show what is a huge deception? I I sort of feel like, John, you've answered your own question. Right? Yeah. I mean, if... if, That's one of them rhetorical questions. That's one of those... uh, asked and answered your honor but you just say withdrawn because the jury already heard you made your point you just kind of walk away i mean i mean you answered your own question you know the answer to that john it's well said that's it that's it let let me again i just I, because we're going to talk more and more about this now going forward with woke corporatism fully unleashed we can make statements or we can draw blood i would prefer to draw blood Okay, that's my point is what will be strategically successful as opposed to what will just kind of make me feel better. Sometimes they'll intersect, but then sometimes they won't. You know, got some great news to share for you about our friends over at Patriot Mobile. They've just expanded their coverage dramatically, which will make it even easier for even more Americans to dump the big name carriers who charge you way too much and and donate money to uh, spirit of the age causes that hate your guts. And if you want to partner with Patriot Mobile, uh, they never send a penny to the left. They will never silence you. They are America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And you can switch with confidence, too, because they use the same network as the larger providers. They just charge you much less. And switching is easy. Keep your phone number, bring your own phone, buy a new one, whichever you prefer to do. And you can build your own bundle with multi-line discounts and save even more. If you're a veteran first responder, you save even more, more. Uh, so just go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Again, that's patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Uh, and this month's special is a free premiere activation. That's where they set up the phone for you. A free premiere activation plus a special gift when you use the offer code Steve at patriotmobile.com slash Steve or the offer code Steve at 972Patriot. That's 972Patriot. Well, she is a frequent contributor on the Day Group, but she joins us here on a Monday. It's our good friend, New York talk show host, Shannon Joy. Good to see you, Shannon. How are you? Hey, Steve. How are you? Congratulations on the book. Thank you. We deserve it. I'm just so happy for you. So good for I, you. I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Well, tell our audience what's going on with you. So this is the most amazing story. This started last Wednesday uh, when my family got caught up in contact tracing in New York state. And I'm not sure how bad it is in other states, but uh, this is literally outside the bounds of the Constitution, outside the, the bounds of rule of law. They essentially can gather any information on anyone and health commissioners can place individuals in detention and isolation in their homes via an order from the health commissioner, not a judge without a warrant. And so this began on Wednesday when my daughter 
was caught up in contact tracing. And anytime I'm contacted, this is the first time I was contacted by the contact tracers. Uh, I refused to speak with them, citing my Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, and Fourteenth Amendment rights. And they began to escalate that claim. So dozens of phone calls later from Albany and Schenectady, contact tracers telling them over and over, uh, calls from two school districts. Uh, this led to on Friday, a phone call with the top nurse ratchet character for my Monroe County Health Department. She uh, reports directly to Mike Mendoza, who is our health commissioner. And this woman proceeded to try to threaten me with sending the sheriff to my home. This is uh, you know, all involving my daughter if I didn't submit to the quarantine order that she was going to put in place, despite the fact that my daughter was never in contact. The, the, the practice in question, she plays volleyball. And on that particular day that they cited on the quarantine order, my daughter wasn't even at practice. Every practice prior to that, my daughter was masked and social distanced. So despite all of that, they still continued uh, to threaten the quarantine. Little did Nurse Ratchet know, but I taped her conversation because I was beginning to feel a bit threatened and a bit targeted and isolated mm -hmm. by this county health commissioner who I've been incredibly critical of since day one. So I taped the conversation and buried her under the Constitution in that conversation, then proceeded it to play it live on my program that night with an attorney where we exposed how outside of the law, these contact tracing orders and quarantine orders are in New York State. So we thought that was the end of it. I felt pretty proud of myself for exposing that to my audience. 13 hours later, the next day, uh, the, the Monroe County Sheriff, two police officers and two contact tracers show up at my home, banging on the door, scaring my daughter half to death. She's downstairs. They're at two doors in my home. She runs up to get my husband. I wasn't home at the time to get my husband, who is in the shower, saying, Dad, there are two strangers banging on all of our doors. What do we do? He comes downstairs and con is confronted by two intimidating police officers, right? Barrel chested, arms crossed, legs apart. Like my husband is 6'3", 220 pounds, right? I've never seen him in a fight. He's an, he's, he's an imposing man, but he's very gentle. And he was so agitated by them that he said to them at one point, what are you staring at? Are you trying to intimidate me? And this was in front of half of my neighborhood who had turned out because we're not used to this kind of thing. Right. So here we are, humiliated, intimidated. My daughter is terrified. And they did that to serve a quarantine order. Now, I haven't heard in my county of a single quarantine order being served by two armed police officers and two contact tracers in, in, since, in the 12 months since all of this started. But for whatever reason, they decided to do that to me on Easter Sunday, effectively terrifying me so much that we had to cancel all of our Easter plans, no church, no dinners, everything, to keep my daughter inside. Because at this point, I'm concerned that some corrupt judge and family court is going to sign some order and mm -hmm. they, they could possibly come take her. It's disgusting. It's dis it's Gestapo. These are horrific tactics. And I'm not backing I'm not backing down, but I'll stop there. So if you want to ask me, I'm like so hopped up over this. Like they can come after me. Right? Like I'm a big girl. I know I have a big mouth. I know I question people in power. But you come after my daughter. You come at you come to my home and go after my family. There's no way. I'm not letting it stand.
so where where is the situation now? Where was it where was it left? So at this point, Mimi is is currently still under quarantine orders, but I have retained Hogan Willig, which is one of the most unbelievable law firms out of Buffalo. They have gone up against Andrew Cuomo multiple times and New York State. They fought for restaurants to get restaurants open. They fought for gyms and hair salons. They have over 17 cases pending right now, and they are undefeated at this point. And so they graciously called me on Saturday. Corey Hogan said, we have your back. We're going to we're going to get her off that quarantine list. And then we're also going to look at harassment charges and and look at uh, the relationship because that's out of bounds. This is a bureaucrat acting as as, uh, you know, the the judge, the jury and the executioner and also the sheriff at this point, because apparently Mike Mendoza, just with his signature, can send the police to your house using these Gestapo tactics. So I'm also working with my Monroe County legislature, hopefully, which is Republican controlled to look into this, potentially censure. But I'm going to do everything in my power to fight back because he cannot get away with this. These county commissioners are unelected. They are unelected. They are operating operating outside of the law. And it's like a crime organization. There's no oversight, no transparency. To me, it, it's, it, I don't know what you guys think, but the situation, Shannon, that you described with the show of force either was some form of bureaucratic overkill, because it's Easter Sunday. These are unionized employees. I would imagine having them there on a Sunday, but particularly a holiday Sunday. It was Saturday. Was Saturday? Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's still on a weekend. I would imagine that wasn't a cheap expense for local taxpayers. So that's either bureaucratic overkill or it's clearly an attempt to intimidate you. It's it's one or the other, but it, it's 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 nothing else, right? It's just one or the other. Oh, absolutely, absolutely uh, Steve. It is so important that everybody rallies around Shannon right now in New York. Listen, I got my own version of this at a pizza restaurant that threatened to get the cops. And we're going to talk about it in the, in the overtime because I came in without a mask. It's, it's the cops. You're damn right. That's what they do. They tried to uh, intimidate your husband. Fear is a drug to them. They get off on a, people are losing their mind. We are dealing with, we talk about the mass psychosis this is uh, created and, and we usually talk about it within the context of those who have, you know, become depressed and suicidal. But there's those, these, this mass psychosis, the power hungry, they finally get, uh, get all, almost every opportunity they win, they wake up in the day is a chance for them to put their boot on somebody else's throat. We're in the middle of a civil war. It's undeniable at this point, folks, except that otherwise the loss will go way beyond anything we're talking about right now. It's absolutely an attempt to intimidate. That's absolutely what it is. People, whether it's in government or whether it's a 14-year-old telling Todd and his 10-year-old daughter to leave a pizza joint, people um, are looking right now in COVID Stan and Karen Stan are looking for opportunities, opportunities to um, flout or I am sure should say flaunt their specialness to flaunt their, their COVID credentials. And when you push back on that, no matter how forceful or no matter how gently you might do so, they will attempt to intimidate Mm -hmm. because at the, at the very heart of all these people, there's no, there there. 
there is no there there. So they will attempt, they will attempt to, uh, they will attempt to intimidate you. And then what happens after that is up to you. That's up to you. And as we'll see in the overtime, if you're scared of those people, and I'm not talking about you, Shannon, I'm talking about just in general, just uh, if you're, if you're, if you're afraid of those people, um, then, then they will be be able to get away with more of this intimidation and then they'll take it to extremes uh, hitherto unknown in America. And that's what I was talking about with my attorney today when I, I said to him, you know, we have to win this. There, there is that we have to win this because we have to show people how flimsy their rationale is. Yep. You know, notice that the cops came the day after I exposed how blatantly outside of the law, no due process, no, um, you know, right to not incriminate yourself. They, they, they are imposing home imprisonment right on people every single day and they have absolutely no basis within the law no judge's order and when people realize that and they realize that they can say no to the contact tracer you don't have to speak to them when they know that they can rip up the quarantine orders that they can throw them in the garbage because they have no jurisdiction over you right when people realize that and more people begin to push back that's when we win but i said to him we have to i have to win this because people have to see that I can stand up to these people and and not be silenced and not be censored and actually win this. And that's why I am so committed every single angle, legally, politically, in the court of public opinion. I'm going to take this to the very end as far as I can, because because these are the battles that have to happen all over the country. We can win this. They've, there's no there there. Right. It's all just intimidation and puffing themselves up and pretending they have authority when they have none. Shannon, keep us uh, please keep us up to date on how this goes. I know our audience is going to want to be updated on how this story is going as well. And um, cockroaches hate sunlight. All right. So. Uh, over the years, I've, starting in, in, in local radio, I had, had so many people come after me. So many people try to get me fired. And what I learned is they hated the most is when I would just publicize all of this. Yeah. All right. That they hated the sunlight. Okay. Yep. You know, we just, we just celebrated Passover and Easter. Remember, it's in, the, it's in the dead of night in the Garden of Gethsemane that they come to arrest Christ. It is not when he is condemning them to their faces at the temple in the sunlight in front of the crowd because they're afraid of the crowd they're afraid of the crowd of your audience okay so um shine all that light you can on your situation to that crowd because two can play the intimidation game as well all right yep thank you so much and yeah keep us in your prayers and hey if you want to shoot a tweet to dr mike mendoza his Twitter handle is at Dr. Mike Mendoza. And just let him know the entire nation is watching him. We're watching what he's going to do, and we're not going to let him get away with it. All right, Shannon. Thanks for letting us know about this and keep us up to date, all right? Take care. Be Thanks, safe. Guys. You all right, bet. Bye-bye. All right, thoughts on that conversation? Anger, uh, rage, uh, disgust. I... Ladies and gentlemen, how on earth do you think there's a normal return to, to, to return to COVID or no COVID? If we believe that the authorities, whomever they be, have this much control over our lives, I you, d- you deserve what you get if you just 
end up taking this. And I know you keep convincing yourself that all of your stuff and your comfortable little gated community, it's going to be pulled away. They want it all. They're promising it right now. Wake up. Yeah. People like Dr. Mike Mendoza, I just looked him up on Twitter at the behest of Shannon, and I'm composing a tweet right now. He, he's the type of guy that even I, in sixth grade, even I, a homeschooler in sixth grade, would have taken to the toilet and given him a swirly. He's that type of person. Of course Yet he is. those types of people are the ones, and I can't wait for you to see this video that we're going to play in overtime. Those types of people are the ones who are calling the shots right now. All it takes is a little pushback, and either they'll either they'll puff up their chest, either they'll 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 let the peacock fly, if you will. But then at the end of the day, if you really call their bluff, if they if they put one up at all, if you really call their bluff, as Shannon said, there's no there there. It just is a matter, and I I, I don't want to give away the conclusion to your book, but really this is not about them. It's about it's about you and me. Mm-hmm. Are we really scared? Are we? Are we scared? I sure hope not. Because if we are scared of these types of people, then, guys, it's our fault if there's a country not worth fighting for. Essentially, we're losing our way of life to the water boy, and not the Adam Sandler variety, the traditional water boy, to the water boy, the nosy neighbor next door on Bewitched, and avocado toast obsessed Silicon Valley millennials. Oh, and the crew uh, and drinking code red by the gallon in mom's basement called the social media mob. <laughs> you can't lose your way of life to people like that. You can't. You can lose your way of life to Genghis Khan. You can lose your way of life to Ivan the Terrible. You can lose your way of life to Attila the Hun. Right now it's Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, you don't lose your way of life to Pete Buttigieg, guys. You hand it over. You give it to them. They can't take it from you. We just, we just don't show up. And... Two can play the fear and intimidation game. All these people, you make them all famous. Give them all the spotlight. All the spotlight they want. But we can't lose our civilization to these kinds of dweebs. We can only hand it over to them. All right, we're going to talk about Todd almost getting arrested when we come back here for the overtime for our subscribers. For the rest of you, have a great Monday. We'll see you again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.